Welcome everyone. To the CavsCorner.com podcast. CavsCorner.com, your source for Virginia sports. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com. Coming to you live from the Palatial Franklin Estates in the West End of Richmond, where it is Wednesday, May the 11th. I think I graduated from college on May the 11th. I'm not even lying. It wasn't May the 10th. You guys don't care. Anyway, um, <laughs> good to be back in the saddle once again. Um, I'm sure at some point we're going to take one of these random spring weeks off, but this is not that week. Uh, you do get a obviously a new episode that you are now listening to. Um, today we're gonna we're gonna talk football. We're gonna talk transfers. We're gonna talk. Uh, um, depth chart and all kinds of fun stuff. Um, we got EYBL this weekend in Hampton. Uh, I'm going down early, early Saturday, um, hopefully to catch up with uh, Chris Likes and, and other um, um, and other players as well. So maybe next week we'll 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 knock into a little basketball recruiting uh, on the podcast. But, f- but this week let's uh, go around and introduce everybody. And everybody in this case is one uh, staff writer, Justin Ferber. Welcome back to the podcast, sir. Yes, sir. Glad to be back. Two man show. Two man show. Just, at Justin underscore Ferber on Twitter. Cavs Corner also on Twitter. Cavs underscore Corner. Great place for our in game updates, content items, and the occasional witty banter. Um, so an interesting week in a lot of ways. Um, as as I guess the first week of, or I guess we're kind of in the second week of May, but whatever. Um, as as early May is, um, you know, Virginia's I think done a good job early in the for the 2017 class is starting to, to kind of put some, some scraps together. Got some good, got some good, uh, uh, recruits, um, you know, some really talented kids. And, and I, I wonder if one of them wasn't a little bit of a domino effect. And that was, uh, Lamont Atkins, the three-star running back out of uh, Lake Braddock, because obviously this week, um, Trey Harbison decided he was going to transfer. Now, the interesting thing about this to me is, I guess, you know, immediately I was like, well, that seems kind of strange because you just barely enroll. But then I thought, you know, if he's going to go, he uses the the the, I guess the 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 spring semester as a way to to gauge whether or not uh, he really wanted to do it. And I wondered, um, I mean, we reached out to to Trey could, you know, um, definitely read the text message we sent. Um, Obviously not doing much media. Um, I wonder if if maybe this was part of the plan all along. Um, so I went from thinking this was a weird, you know, somewhat um, like weird timing, weird decision to thinking actually it kind of makes a lot of sense. Like if you committed to a to a coach and that coach gets fired, right, and then you go to the school early, right, you get the chance to basically have a free semester where you go. I mean, not free because I mean he had worked his tail off. Um, through everything that they ask him to do, but you basically get a trial run with that coat with the new coaching staff and the pro and the program that that you um, you know since you the program you technically committed to isn't going to be what you expected it to be. You get a chance to kind of see it, and then you, if you decide you, you know what I'm, I'm I think I'm going to go somewhere else. I I don't know if this fits me. You get to sit as a freshman and also sit out the year uh, for the transfer. So other than just not being able to transfer to any ACC schools without sitting out an extra year, I mean, in a lot of ways, it, it's kind of brilliant. Um, not that I'm advocating people to do this. I just think that in a, if I'm a kid who's in a situation where is it does it make more sense to try it and see if you like it versus to try to pick up your recruitment? Because, uh, I mean, in his case, he was already ready to roll, you know? So, I mean, by the time 
the coaching change happened, he had to make a, a decision in a very, very small amount of time. How in the world would you get everything worked out with another school if you didn't already have that on the back burner? Um, so that was kind of my 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 interesting ebb and flow with the uh, with it. What did you What did you think, man? What did were I mean? He he was a guy I thought looked pretty good when I saw him in the spring. Yeah, it's just hard to read it too much into it. As far as like you know, we had a little conversation about this last night. Um, just we don't really know why he's transferring. So um, I was surprised. I was taken aback by it just because I didn't see it coming at this point for him. I mean, he just got here. Uh, but you know, like you said, he kind of the way that UVA's practices have gone. You'd have to imagine that's a huge step up from high school, and I'm thinking, I mean, if if I was just gonna guess, I'd say you know he committed to a previous staff. Uh, he liked what he heard from the new staff, but that wasn't you know that wasn't who he committed to, and not the philosophy that he committed to. But he figured you know he's early enrolling, so might as well give it a shot. Uh, you know, see how it goes. And then he either didn't like the philosophy, didn't like being at Virginia who knows but it doesn't matter I mean it's just uh it you know it's a shame he's a talented kid uh, I think it's the right time like you said for him because now he can kind of basically just sit out like he would have anyway at a different school and kind of keep it moving uh, right right and I think I think he'll he'll catch on somewhere but um for UVA I think that there's a lot of like we talked about last night there's a lot of running back depth out there in recruiting and and on the roster so I think that they can survive this it's not a crush soul crushing transfer or anything right, like that right, so right, right. at well, the end of the day i think they'll be fine i think that the interesting piece to to me i i in talking to people for the last you know for the last few weeks uh, i guess the last couple months really look uva was high on him i, I don't want that to to be misconstrued I, i'm curious about this angle and i and i talked to a couple sources in the last 24 hours that talked to me about the exit interviews and that they are very different I got to figure out how to word this that I have the green light to. They are very different. Um, aren't you proud of me for keeping something for the podcast? Um, these exit interviews that Bronco and his staff are doing are, are just not necessarily either the way that that the previous staff did them, or maybe even the way that I, I they're generally done. Um, what little what little bit I've been able to kind of piece together on it is that essentially instead of it just being maybe the head coach and a player, it's actually the whole coaching staff and the player. Um. And much like Tony Bennett's exit interviews are very honest, I think these exit interviews have been very honest. So it doesn't surprise me that that Trey was told, hey, listen, you're going to be the, the big back. Um, now, in this offense, the quarterback is going to run a lot. And if that's the case, um, spoiler alert, I think uh, there's a really good chance that um, uh, Ben Kirk's going to be the, the starter. If that's the if that's the way it comes to pass, um, and quarterback runs a lot, yeah, and then the 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 feature back the the kid that basically is is uh, is Mizell, he's going to be moving around a lot. You've got Mizell, Zacchaeus, Reed is kind of the big back. Uh, obviously, now Ellis seems to be the guy behind him. That guy picks up a lot of what would be, in a lot of ways, the fullback's responsibility. Though in this offense, there really isn't really one. Um, Connor Wingo Reeves is going to be something else, um, but they're not. They're not going to be, you know, um, they're not going to be drawing up a whole lot for um, for for a true fullback position. So 
I, I think that Trey had a future in this offense. I think it was not necessarily as clear. Plus, I don't think he wanted to be. I think he wanted to be the featured back. I think he wanted to be the main tailback. And may it, it makes sense to me if I'm if I'm him and I know if that's what I want. That looking at the big board. I mean, listen, a lot of running backs already there. You know, once once Mizell and Reed are gone, you got um, Ham and, and Ellis in front of him. Um, who I, Ellis, I think, is going to be really good in this offense. Um, I think Ham also would be – I mean, like, it's funny because they're, they're going to lose Mizell after next year, obviously, after this coming season. And they're and I think they, they still will have a very good running back group. But then you've got um, – you know, you've got the, uh, the kid in, in 17, Atkins is already committed. Look, their offers are out. Um, there are several kids I think that are looking at taking a long look at them, and then you got uh, Wayne Talupapa who's going to come back in at some point after his Mormon mission. Um, so I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of traffic in there. So if, if Virginia's going to lose a, I think Ferber, you hit it right on the head. Like it's not a soul crushing thing because it's a position where they already had a lot of depth, and it's a position that it's not like it, it, it it's not like you're trying to go out and find a very specialized role. They're running backs. Every 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 team has a running back. Not every team has a six foot six foot one, three hundred pound nose tackle. Every team's got running backs. Every team's got athletes. And so there's a lot of those dudes out there that you can go find. Um, you know, I can also look at it from the standpoint of, you know, it makes sense if if he, you know, like you said, it, there there's always. I think a lot of us get so caught up in sports. That we don't realize that, like for a lot of these kids, like it's it's not about just sports. I mean, there's other things that go into whether or not you want to be at a specific school. And it's funny because everybody thinks that there's like a a transfer epidemic, but realistically, like basketball, football players transfer at a at a you know not a significantly less um, rate, but it's not it's not as um, it's not quite what the the normal student body is. I think normal student bodies at like forty percent of college students transfer, thirty seven percent or something like that of athletes do. Or or I might be getting my sports mixed up, but suffice to say, it's essentially the same, right? So it makes sense that you know what there are going to be a lot of things that go into a decision, and clearly this was a, a decision he felt he wanted to make. Now, um, you know, like I like I always say, you know, best of luck to you. Um, you know, it's not going to be um, it's not going to be a, a big deal, I think, for UVA in the in the short term or maybe even the long term. I think he like I said, he was a kid they were excited about. But again, he hadn't been there long enough, uh, a lot of depth and certainly a lot of guys coming in. Um, but I know for a fact UVA really liked him. Um, and um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if you can say that, um, you know, that that it wouldn't have worked out for him. But clearly, you know, in his uh, is his estimation. Uh, it was time to uh, to go ahead and take, I guess, take that kind of free, that that get out of jail free card, so to speak, that he had because um, he enrolled early. But it is interesting that Virginia had you know five guys I think enroll early, and two of them are no longer going to be on the team. That's that's really rare. Um, yeah, that that is odd. That is, <laughs> I don't know how else to put that. That's just strange. Yeah. You don't you very rarely ever get guys who I mean I understand I guess in a sense of a kid who who really kind of he basically transferred if you think about it. But um it, it, I'm talking about Holland Corbett. Um you know, when you come from a prep school, you're you're almost basically transferring for that second semester. So, it's not like you're a true student coming out of high school, but um anyway, I like like I said, I, I think Virginia's in a if they're going to absorb a, a transfer or two 
quarterback, running back seem to be positions where, especially with the addition of Benkert, where it makes a lot of sense. And considering the commitments that they have already in the class of 2017, it does make sense. Um, let's move on to depth chart and maybe kind of piggyback off of this a little bit. What do you, let's let's talk about like how we see things sort of shaping up. And I know Ferber said told me very recently uh, that he's thinking about putting something together to story form. So I don't want you to um, to, to spoil the whole thing. But talk to me a little bit about the depth chart, man. What do you, what do you what 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 questions do you have um, in that specific area uh, as we as we kind of unfold spring into summer the coaches after spring practice uh wrapped up talked a lot about the wide receiver depth and i think some of that will be cured with the freshmen coming in right uh so i mean we'll just see and and some of those guys the concern i have with that is that a lot of those guys are athletes so there's still the opportunity for them to be slotted on the defensive side of the ball if that's where they feel like they fit better. Um, and you don't want to see them jam a safety into wide receiver because they need a wide receiver. Um, but I think that'll help a little bit with that position. Defensive line is a little thin right now, um, especially switching from the 4-3 to the 3-4 right. obviously creates a lot of duplicitous players in spots where they're not needed and guys that don't really have a place. Stuff like that. So that has to be addressed in recruiting. That's the same as when you switch from a 3-4 to a 4-3. You have to recruit different kinds of players for right. pass rush and stuff like that. So those, I think, are the two biggest concerns going forward. Um, not too worried about, obviously, the running back group is very deep. Um, and and I, I guess you could say linebacker just because, again, you're switching defenses. So you have to figure out... Is this guy an outside linebacker or a defensive end? Is he this guy? Is this inside linebacker going to be able to do what we need him to do in this defense versus what he was going to be asked to do when he was recruited? So, those are probably the two biggest positions or three biggest positions that I would say. Yeah, I think the one thing for me is let's start on the defensive line. There's some academic questions as as I understand surrounding Darius Carter, whether he you know comes back or doesn't come back. Um, I think that's kind of significant because I feel like he was a guy that that would give you some um, potential um, at at end. Um, but you're right the 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 lack of depth on the defensive line I think is something that obviously posters have talked about a lot on the board. But I think in terms of the of the nuts and bolts of it, you know, it really does put put them in a bind because they they want to play. I, I don't think they're going to play as much Iron Man. Um, as maybe Virginia fans are used to seeing, but I, I do think they're going to have to ask guys to play. I mean, you're going to have to ask Dante Wilkins to play a lot of snaps. Um, now, Tristan Hill is supposed to be able to hop, you know, I guess be the heir apparent there. You know, how ready is he going to be? I guess he's going to have to be um, to really serve in a, in a r- true backup capacity there. Um, the other ones to me on the defensive line, um, one is. You know, you expect a lot out of Andrew Brown, but you know it's funny because I, I, I think Drew has a lot of talent, and I, I think he, he certainly was one of the best players in that class, which was loaded. But it, I do think it's a lot to ask a kid who hasn't been, who has been in, who has been on the team, but hasn't done much yet, to all of a sudden just step up and be a guy who carries a defense. Now maybe, maybe Drew, you know. Is, a, is ready for that. Maybe that's something that, you know, he's just chomping at the bit for and, and it fits and it's great. But I just wonder, you know, where are you going to get a lot of the um, the pass rush from with this group? And I think that's a significant concern. The the one interesting thing of this, uh, I guess, of what kind of applies to the front seven from my point of view is that 
you have a lot of guys who maybe didn't necessarily participate in the spring, either because of injury or maybe they were nicked up and wearing red jerseys toward the end. Um, because those guys have will, will probably do a lot to dictate what happens with the linebacking core. I mean, we've seen – it seems like they got a lot of answers in the middle, but the edges are a little bit um, you know unknown right now. And maybe Chris Peace, I, I think he was in red toward the end of the spring. Maybe he can come back healthy, starts on one side opposite Malcolm Cook on the other. But they do have a lot of dudes that they have to kind of sort through, and you kind of think that you want to sort through them pretty quickly. Um, you know, it's, it's hard for me to think, you know, I don't know where Bradshaw fits into the mix. I don't know where, it, you know, where Giovanni Simmons fits in the mix. Um, I, I don't know how, um, how some of those pieces are going to fit together. And quite honestly, I don't know if anybody does. I think it's not going to be answered until um, fall camp. The one good thing I guess they have going for them is that they kind of have a feel for who the back four are going to be, right? You kind of feel like you know who your corners are going to be with uh, Harrison and Thornhill. You kind of know who your safeties are going to be with Blanding and, and – um, um, oh, wow, why is this – why uh, – uh, um, uh, wow. Uh, Rainey, wow. Woo. I was going to see how long it took you. Yeah, I know. You were leaving me out there to dry just to, just to make for, for good audio. I get it. Um, so that's that's something to me that that I, I'm really interested to see is how how do those front seven develop? Um, you know whether it, you know I think you're gonna they're gonna be relying on some younger linebackers on the outside. It seems like, um, but though it does kind of just feel like Malcolm Cook is is just ready for an opportunity, um, and I'm interested to see how that shakes out. Um, let's switch over to the offensive side of the ball, and you mentioned wide receivers being a position where they they talked about about depth. I, I really do believe that Joe Reed and Haziz Dubois will get a lot of snaps this year. Um, but the interesting thing to me is going to be when we start talking about wide receivers, considering the depth that they have at running back, how much are they going to use smoke coming out of the backfield and moving him around? I get the, I get the, uh, the way that Bronco said that thing about him lining him and, and, and Alameda lining up here, there and everywhere. Basically I really got the, I got the vibe that like they're going to do some, you know, some mad scientist kind of stuff with how to get those guys in, involved either on the same side of the field, you know, working off each other. You know, if you if you run those guys to the other side of the field, wherever they came from is going to be wide open because nobody's paying attention to that. Um, in this offense, though, there's going to be a whole lot of opportunities, I think, for wide receivers to make some some plays. Um, talk to me a little bit more about what your 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 what your 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 vibe. Ferber's usually got a pretty good gut on these things. What's your what's your what's your vibe on the offensive side of the ball beyond just maybe that the wide receiver depth is going to have to? I mean, I, I think it's clear that they're going to have to have guys that really step up. You know, um, Lavroni, uh, can he stay healthy? Can he be you know the, that uh, the team's number one guy? Donnie Dowling, can he stay healthy? Can he be the team's you know one eight or one B? However that shakes out. What are you looking for offensively? What are you, what are some of your um, expectations or what have you on the depth chart? Uh, the offensive line. I guess we didn't really get to see, get to see. Um, that's true. The complete package because so many guys were banged up or recovering from off-season surgeries or whatever. So that'll be interesting to see how that shakes out, especially with a couple of new guys potentially coming in um, and playing right away. So that'll be you know that'll be moving the ball, running the ball is going to be interesting to see how they do that with you know different offensive sets that they're going to be running. Uh, I mean, they, they tried to be a power running team under Steve Fairchild, 
um, that wasn't really successful. So it'll be interesting to see how the new run fits for this team on offense kind of can get going, especially with a more spread out defense. So running between the tackles, I think will be an interesting thing to watch, especially, you know, figuring out which running backs are going to be carrying the load there. How do they use smoke? Um, is he going to be in every down back? Is he going to be in the slot a lot? Like how, how does that work? And I think that'll be an interesting subplot. And then, you know, what they do in the red zone, especially uh, with a lot of different weapons in the slot, but not necessarily a ton of big guys on the outside. Um, outside of maybe Lavroni, I guess Donnie Dowling's kind of like in between there. Um, but and, and then what do you do with um, somebody like Evan Butts, who I think you can use in this offense, especially you know you put him in the slot and he can do some things. So I think uh, you know just what they can do kind of between the tackles will be an interesting thing. Yeah, I agree. I I I was actually just thinking. All right, let's say if you could bet on if you could even try to pick a line, an offensive line that you think would be the day the game one five do you think you could pick that right now do you even think you could do it no no i don't think so either i think it's just futile because one i mean we we all know that the cohen kid is going to come in uh and 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 he's going to play i think we all kind of assume that but i wonder i mean i feel like jack mcdonald had a strong spring i feel like eric smith had a strong spring um jacks mateo clearly had a strong spring so it does kind of feel like you know if if the, who's the other tackle? Is it uh, Olorawaju? Is it um, um, Mooney? Um, I think that's. I, I feel like I might know three of the guys. Um, you know, which is a which is a good start. Um, but then it doesn't really feel like there are a whole lot of questions, and yet I don't know if I can give you the five. You know what I mean? Like that's what's weird about it. Is like you, you kind of know some of the pieces. You're just not sure where to put them. Um, and and Tuesday's been really clear about. His idea. I like the thing about you know you have five coins, you throw them in a room, close the door, and see who comes out with them. Um, that it's funny to me. <laughs> I'm gonna get off on a tangent here, but it's funny to me that like some of these things, some of these things that this you know accomplished, successful coaching staff is gonna do, are so dramatically different than what anything Virginia's former staff did, and yet there are still some of these things that this you know successful coaching staff has done. Uh, in the past that they're going to do here that is exactly the same like remember how much talk did we did, did we hear on the message boards about Lee and like oh you got to find your five you can't be moving them around I mean like and his whole idea is like you get your five's best I just think that's funny to me um, playing multiple quarterbacks um, you know uh, taking taking a transfer a, multi, uh, a quarterback transfer and then having some guy leave um, it just it, <laughs> it's kind of funny uh, some of those random similarities, but I think that's kind of um, I think that in a lot of ways that's probably true of a lot of teams. Um, you know, quarterbacks do seem to be transferring a lot, but I also too think offensive line coaches are have really started to kind of I think have that mentality of you know looking at different guys and thinking you know can these guys what you know where's how do they fit best together versus what spot do they fit best. Um, so that to me is, is interesting. I'm, I'm really curious to see what happens with, um, the tackles. I mean, I think Eric Smith, I, I never, we never really could get much of a, I guess a background on, on why they never really looked at him at left tackle. And I wonder now if, 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 if he's, he, he's obviously going to be one tackle. Um, is Cohen is, is, is he, is he definitely a guard? Is he could he possibly play tackle? Um, and if he plays tackle, who who does that leave as the other guard? Um, it does kind of feel like there there is some 
there is some there's maybe not necessarily die cast, but you do get a feeling like there are some guys in uh, in some spots that make sense. Outside of the the offensive line, we know what they're going to have at running back. Um, we know it's going to be a quarterback competition, and we know that the the wide receivers are uh, are going to be plentiful, but probably very unproven. I think your point about the tight end is actually a really well it's really well said. Like to for, to me, and I've always thought that a good tight end can make a quarterback can make that quarterback's life a lot easier. I just don't know in this system when you have different guys going at it and such how how much that can help. I feel like during the season that's going to be a big boost, and I think if they use uh, Butts that way, I mean, he seems like the guy who's going to be wide open when you do some other stuff with Zacchaeus and Smoke, doesn't he? I mean, doesn't he just seem like he's just going to go sit in a spot, quarterback's going to find him, and, and he's going to have like 15, 20 yards to run after the catch? Yeah, I feel like in the seam he can be really valuable, and yeah. like I said, short yardage and red zone situations, he has a knack for kind of just like finding a hole and sitting in it. Yeah, and then the other one to me at tight end. I mean, listen, Richard Bernie is a really athletic kid for a kid that size. Um, I, I realize that now talking about him, we probably jinxed it, and either he'll transfer or, um, you know, spring a giblet. But I mean, that's another guy who I just think could really help you out uh, in this system. You know, a long, athletic kid. Um, you know, who has some some heft to him. Would pro- will probably have more by the time spring. Uh, by, excuse me, by the time fall gets here. Um, I, I think it's funny that I think Virginia's got some really good tight ends. I mean, they didn't even take Baumgartner at tight end. They 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 slide him at defensive end. So it, it looks like they you know the the position seems in in pretty good hands between Butts, uh, Bernie, and Marshall. Um, I, I was actually a little surprised to see as much of Marshall uh, in that last spring practice as we did. But I think uh, across the board, it does look like Virginia will have a lot of offensive weapons. It's really going to come down to like it. Swear to God, it feels like deja vu all over again. It's going to come down to quarterback play. Um, if you had to bet money today, who's your day one? Who's your game one starter and why? You want some thinking music or? Hey, sorry, I just lost you for a second. What was the question? <laughs> the question was, if you had to play money on it today, who's your game one starting quarterback and why? Kurt Benkert. <laughs> no hesitation. Um, because I think he's the best fit for what they do. Uh, he probably has the most arm talent of the three. Uh, he's played in a system that gives him a sense of familiarity with the concepts, if not necessarily all the terminology. I think he can grasp that. Seems like a pretty smart kid. Um, I think the fact that they brought him in in the first place says a lot about what they think of their position itself. Um, and from what I saw in very, very limited, so take it with a grain of salt, spring practice, I didn't think the quarterback group was very good. So, or not, let me rephrase that. I don't think Matt Johns is bad, but I don't think this place to, I don't think this is what he's designed to do. Right. So yeah, I think yeah. that's, I think Bankard's a safe bet if he can come in and grasp everything and not, you know, like make sure that he doesn't set himself back early in practice or anything like that. So, right. The thing to me about the quarterbacks, and I and I agree. I think if if this at this point, if you had if you had to just look at it completely, like take take out any quarterback nonsense that happened before the staff arrived. Okay, just take all that out because it doesn't matter. All right, if you just had to go on what you know as facts, which are a a quarterback who is a two year starter came into camp as the presumptive starter. Maybe no announcement, but I mean, he, you know, it was a guy. B 
the backup kid seemed to press pretty well, and now th- there was clearly a, a sharing of the first team reps. Okay. C. At the end of spring practice, the staff went out and got a kid who had played in the system. If you know that one of those guys is your guy, you don't go out and get this other guy, right? That just doesn't make any sense. Now, we'll say the one thing about this staff, and I've, I've said it before, and I think I may have stole this from Dave, but I don't care because he's not here. Um, this staff is really good at dealing with chaos in terms of the roster. They're, they, 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 they've dealt with this every year. So I think having to put the thing together every year is not that big a deal to them. So the, the idea of, t- of having a new quarterback isn't a big deal, right? The thing that is interesting to me is, and continues to be, that they took this kid at the end of spring ball after they'd already seen two quarterbacks go through 15 practices. That should tell you a lot. The fact that he does have experience in the system, that he does have the big arm, that he, you know, he does seem, at, you know, in terms of his skill set to be a fit, that should tell you a lot too. I agree with you. I think Matt sometimes when I what little bit we get we got to saw we got to saw we got to see, um, he did look. He looked kind of like a guy who was still trying to figure out where all the stuff was in the room. You know what I mean? Like he he and and I wonder. I don't want to make the the jump to to say he he can't do it because I thought that about Connor Brewer last year in 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 fall camp. I was like, dude, this guy is just nowhere close, and he clearly got better. As 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 he went forward, he wouldn't have been in a position to to push for reps this spring if he hadn't. Right? I I don't want to make the mistake of doing the same thing to Matt in the sense that this was his third system. He hadn't been in it very long. Um, clearly, it's asking him to do very different things that he's been doing as a starter. And I almost wonder if the fact that he is a returning starter hurts him in some ways because he is so. I, I think maybe what he was doing has to seem familiar to him and yet at the same time it's so not what they're doing anymore you know he has to he really does have to relearn a lot of that stuff i Um, think the game experience just gets you for one you get more practice reps but two the biggest thing is you you know how to play with the speed of the game right right but i mean at the end of the day if if you're not a good fit for what the scheme is then it doesn't really matter if you know how fat like uva's offense is going to be playing a lot faster than right what what the speed of the game was for him anyway. So that part of his experience isn't as valuable, I don't think. Yeah. I mean, and that's the other thing too is that it, you wonder, okay, let's let's if it's a quarterback competition, right? Not not anything new for Matt. He's done that before. Um but it doesn't it doesn't really necessarily help him that he's been in it before, right? So it's almost like a place where his experience he what I mean other than just, you know, understanding like hey you just got to go out and work and you can't you know you can't let it bother you and you can't let it you know dominate your mind i mean other than that he really can't use that experience and the stuff he has on the field it's in a different system you know i mean other than just the idea of like being in big spots and being able to process things but i mean he's gonna have to process you know that what they're asking the quarterback to process is now you have to do it so quickly it's just a different animal um, compared to, you know, I mean, like, if you think about it, last year they come to the line, they move some guys around, they look around a little bit. I mean, they take their time. Th- this year, I mean, like, they're going to snap the ball as fast as possible, um, which is, you know, for those of us in the press box, is, is going to be quite the challenge because I'm used to having, you know, 10, 15 seconds to talk to Ferber about what I just saw um, or write down, you know, in very meticulous detail what I just saw. Um so I just think that in a lot of ways, 
I don't want to say that the experience that he has doesn't matter, but in some ways it just kind of doesn't. You know, it just seems like it's not it's not this it's not this uh, springboard kind of thing that you would think it is. So if you see people getting all like bent out of shape because it's a two year starter, like hey, that's true, but dot dot dot. Like there's some some context there that's important, and I, I think. Well, also, I mean, like it's the same as I think the, one of the most overrated things is that you know this team that went three and nine last year or four and eight last year returns X amount of starters. It's like, yeah, well, okay, you return a bunch of people who went three and nine last right. year. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. So, like, I mean, they went four and eight with Matt Johns last year. So, uh, I mean, is he really irreplaceable? No. Yeah, I think that's part of the challenge, right, is is understanding, like, listen, everybody, everybody has to be better. Now, I did think... <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I'm gonna get into this because I think it's interesting. But if if you uh, if you want to send me hate mail, please don't. But so in our our group text thread the other day, we were talking about Erd not giving, and Fur said something that we thought was hilarious. He was like, "I'm already tired of it." And then he said, and I totally am out, I'm outing you here. He said, "Like it, there are definitely guys on the team who would still be are going to be the starters. Like they're not. You know, Quinn Blaney's not going to be a backup. You know what I mean?" <laughs> and so yeah i mean you could say earn not given but on the first day of practice somebody has somebody to has to walk the- out there as number yeah yeah that's right somebody has to walk out there with the ones now we'll say this if you had a kid even as good as blanding who just was you know huffing just not doing it like i don't i don't think the staff would have any problem no i think i mean if, if over time he looked bad, yeah yeah, yeah he- right but somebody walks out there with the ones um you know, one guy we ha- one thing we haven't talked about. I'm I'm flipping sides of the ball. It just kind of randomly hit me. I wonder how good Tim Harris can be in this look. I think he can be good. I mean, I think he'd be really good. I think it might be one of those things that's going to frustrate us because you know, right? Like, you might look back and be like, "Wow, what could have been?" <laughs> well, just like I think uh, the former staff probably owes uh, Maurice Canada some money. Um, you know, because a lot of the spots they put him in last season were just. Bleh. I mean, anyway, Tim is probably in a similar situation. At least he gets to play for a year. At least he gets an opportunity to put some different film out there. That's, yeah, exactly. He gets a chance to go out there and, and spend a season. Though I am really excited to see Thornhill in this look, too. Um, uh, you know, I, I I always thought he was – it's funny because when he, whenever people would kind of start getting out, been out of shape about freshmen playing and whenever the previous co- previous staff, whenever Mike wouldn't, wouldn't say, like, oh, well – you know, so and so is probably going to play, and people would lose their minds. I always tried to look at it on a case by case basis, and Thornhill was one that made sense to me because I thought, you know what, if he's going to be may- perhaps your second best safety next year, you, you probably want to get him some experience. So it makes sense to me. Well, then when they moved him to cornerback, I was like, man, well that now that now that seems like a waste. But honestly, he didn't play enough anyway to really matter. But I also wonder. I always wonder if if that helped. You know, if that focus. When a guy knows he's playing and he's able to work. But then I also wonder, you know, considering the, the scheme change and the coaching change in terms of uh, the way guys are actually developing, you would hope better now. Um, I just wonder if any of that had, you know, there's, it, 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 it's almost like it just kind of is what it is. You can't, really, you can't really get mad at it, but at the same time it probably does frustrate you. You look at it and you say, well, you know what, if he works at corner, you know what, you're going to have – Three more years of him, or I guess if you count this one, you know, two full more years of him. Um, that helps you out a lot, you know, knowing that that Harrison and possibly Blanding, if he decides to go pro, 
would be gone out of that defensive backfield. Um, which I guess I, I should also uh, mention that um, Rainey's a, a, a rising senior too. So you, you have a lot of questions. So you really need you really need Thornhill to catch on because you need somebody to get that group some stability in case Quinn decides to leave. I think of the last projection I saw, he was was he first round? I know he's a top I know he's a top one hundred prospect, but I didn't I haven't seen round uh potential, you know, grades or anything for the early look at the next draft. Yeah, I guess it's kinda hard to say at this point. Yeah, I think he was like number fifty six uh on the on the list I saw of the top one hundred. Uh, prospects for the next NFL draft, um, so that one that'll be an interesting decision that folks can you know freak out over if he decides to you know if the, let's say this team makes a ball game and like it seems prime for a decent season that next season and <laughs> I think Quinn Lee's would be Justin Anderson all over well not quite Justin Anderson all over again but something like that. Um, so yeah, I think that's a you know I think that's a pretty pretty good feel for sort of you know sort of where we we see the depth chart right now. Um, Hopefully we haven't spoiled all of the things that you're gonna write in that piece that you said you wanted to write. Um, but I think that's a you know I think that's a good kind of comprehensive uh, breakdown. I'm interested to to get some reaction from folks um, after the episode. See see if folks want to yell at us or agree with us about kind of what we see. And then I also want to put a disclaimer like, hey man, if if we miss something, like don't kill us. It's okay. Like we didn't see all that much of spring ball so if you know i'm i'm almost positive that whatever we saw that day in front of everybody at scott Staining was nothing compared to what those practices were really like behind closed doors i'm just going to say that with about 100 percent confidence so if there's some other angles and you know players that you know might make some noise whatever hey that's great but don't 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 uh don't light us on fire I think that's a uh, a good place to to put a pin in it, Ferber, unless you have other things for the good of the order. I'm good. <laughs> See you next week. <laughs> Ferber in his uh, many words. You know, it's it's hard to have it's it's hard to uh, it's hard to be on a podcast when you don't talk that much, Ferber. Yeah, um, that's true. Uh, Dave, they say you learn more from listening than you do. That's from true. Talking, but uh, so. if you're showing up to learn things, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if you understand how this all works. Mm. Um, Dave has uh, has moved and is in the. I guess the process of settling into his his new home. Um, I'm sure he's listening to this, so congratulations I, on the. Can I do? Yeah, congrats to him. Can I do something real quick? Oh God! Um, on the last podcast, he said, oh "If Ferber's still listening to this, and then told the story." Uh huh. And I just wanted him to know that I listened to it. <laughs> you had to. So you had to if publicly... he gets this far in, he's going to hear that I listened to it. Well, that's good. You should. Uh, you should say something mean about him, just to you know get him all fired up. I got nothing. No, you should just say that. Tell everybody, yes, he does love Duke. Um, no, nah, for <laughs> Dave, yeah, is, he, uh, yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. Um, <laughs> hashtag Dave loves Duke. Um, yeah, he's he took a couple. He's going to take a couple weeks off, so he'll be back with us uh, here shortly. Um, I'm sure he enjoyed listening to us uh, talk about the depth chart. I'm sure he he tried to talk like ten different times. Um, but anyway, I uh, want to thank everybody out there for giving us a listen. Want to thank. Um, Ferber for being on the show because otherwise I would just been talking to myself and that would just be weird. Uh, so for staff writer Justin Ferber, I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com. Thanks for coming out. We'll see you soon.